morning. A very good morning to one and all. Today we'll be continuing a series of sermons on our relationship in Christ, our relationship to one another. Last week we had a lesson or a sermon on how we should love one another in Christ. Right? And today we'll be discussing a topic that is closely related to love, which is forgiving one another. While preparing this lesson, I came across this quote, Forgiveness is the final form of love. Right? Forgiveness and love are both closely related. Right? In fact, I would say that forgiveness is love in action. Right? Last week, we heard from Alvin on the topic of loving one another. But like, you know, can we... Just we can easily say that oh we love each other right just say only love each other. We as Christians, we to are to love each other. But do we really put in action right? What is needed to be done to prove that we love one another? Jesus said in John chapter thirteen, verse thirty four to thirty five. This was uh, shared by Alvin last week. A new commandment I give unto you that. Ye love one another, one another as I have loved you, that also ye love one another. And by this all men shall know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love for one another. And ye love, uh, if ye have love one to another. So, we need to show that we love one another as Christians to prove that we are disciples of Christ, right? We have to put this love in action. And today, I propose that we are to show others that we love each other as Christians through forgiveness, through our forgiveness to one another. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 13, it reads, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowers of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. I'd like to bring your attention to how similar these two verses are. You see that in uh, what Jesus has said earlier, to love one another as I have loved you. And in the book of Colossians, right, uh, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to forgive one another even as Christ forgive you, right? I think this shows, uh, amplifies this point that we as Christians are to, you know, put on Christ, right? In Romans chapter 13 verse 14 we see, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision of for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. Hence, today we'll be learning about how to put our love in action, right? By exploring what it means to forgive one another and understand why it is important, right? So, before that, we need to define what is forgiveness, right? So, to forgive is a verb, and as a verb, uh, it is, indicates an action. Maybe a physical action, a mental action, or a state of being, uh, right? 
for a verb so we have three definitions on the board you see the first one is to no, no longer feel angry or wish to punish the second one is to stop feeling uh, angry or resentful towards someone for an offence and of course the last one is to cancel a debt so we'll be going through these points this morning three points uh, about the why why do we need to forgive each other about the how how do we forgive one another and about the example of forgiveness that we can learn from so let's start with the why so we have three points i'll start with the letter f first is to feel at ease next is to fix our relationships with one another and of course the last one is to follow the command right we take a first look at the first point to feel at ease we take a look at the story of jacob and esau right Forgiveness is to no longer feel angry or wish to punish, right? We take a look at Jacob and Esau, the two brothers in uh, Genesis chapter 25. Of course, we don't have the time to go through the whole story, but I'll give you a good uh, basic summary of the offense that Jacob did towards Esau. So first of all, we see that Jacob forced Esau to sell his birth, uh, birthright just for a uh, bread and uh, a pottage of lentils. You see this in Genesis chapter 25 verses 29 to 34. Then after that, Jacob stole Esau's blessings through deceiving their father. You see this in uh, Genesis chapter 27. Uh. And after everything, I think we can see in Genesis chapter 27 verse 41. I think we can read that verse. Genesis chapter 27 verse 41. We see that ja Esau hated Jacob and he planned to kill him, uh, to slay him. Uh. Genesis chapter 27, verse 41. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. Right? So now, 14 years later, after Jacob ran away, went to work with Laban, right? We see that the brothers are going to meet up again, right? In Genesis chapter 32, verse 6 to 7, this prelude of the meetup between the two brothers, we see that, uh, take a look at Genesis chapter 32, verse 6 to 7, and the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. After 14 plus years of working for Laban, Jacob still remember, right? And Jacob was still afraid and distressed to meet Esau, because he thought that Esau was going to come and kill him, right? For what he had done in the past, his revenge. And we, after that, we see him, he was so worried, so afraid, we see him that he prayed to God for Esau to forgive him. See in Genesis chapter 32 verse uh, 9 to 11, we see that, I think we focus on this uh, verse 11, we pray to God, deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest 
he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. So you can see that this offense made Jacob very afraid that Esau is coming to actually you know, come and take his exact revenge on him. And you see what Jacob do after that, right? We see that we continue on in the, the story in uh, chapter 32, verses 13 to 20. We see that actually Jacob sends presents or sends uh, uh, droves, uh, as the Bible put it, three, in three waves, three droves to Esau, right? And we see his reasoning in, uh, in this verse, uh, verse... See his reasoning in verse, uh, verse. <laughs> right. Basically, it is to appease him, uh, right? To appease Esau with the gifts. <clears throat> so, hence, we we need to see. Oh, sorry, did uh to see it in a. Uh, Genesis 32 verse 20, right? We read in verse 20, And say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. And afterward, I will see his face. Per adventure, he will accept me. So Genesis chapter 32 verse 20. Here you can see how afraid and nervous Jacob is before meeting his brother, right? See, through his prayer to God, through his actions, right? He tries to appease Esau with his gifts that he is sorely afraid of his brother. And then after that, we see the faithful point where the two brothers meet in Genesis chapter 33, verse uh, 1 to 16. We focus on verses 3 to 4. And he passed over before them and bowed himself on the ground seven times. This is referring to Jacob until he came near his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. What a shocker, you know? You thought Esau is going to run towards him and stab him, but no lah, right? Jacob was afraid that Esau would exact revenge, right? For what he has done so many years ago. Something he has done 14 years ago, right? But he didn't. So, now, the question is, was, did Esau forgive him because of the gifts that, because of the gifts that uh, Jacob sent him prior to the meeting? Remember just now you say, give, uh, gifts in three ways, right? The answer is no. La. I think we take a look at uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. We see that he asked Jacob, what is the meaning of these gifts? And then in the following verse, Esau also actually tried to you know, reject the gifts that Jacob had sent earlier. and But Jacob had to insist that Esau take the gifts, right? Which was strange, right? Because the gifts was actually meant to appease Esau, right? Jacob sent the gifts to uh, appease him so that there's a higher chance of maybe Esau forgiving him and not killing him, right? And this would mean, actually, that this gifts did not really help in this uh, case of forgiveness, which means maybe Esau might have already forgiven Jacob way before their meeting, right? You know, Jacob 
was away for maybe 14 plus years working for Laban, right? Seven years for Leah, seven years for Rachel, right? And then the actions, you see during the meetup, the actions of Esau towards Jacob, see how he ran towards him, how he hugged him and all, it shows forgiveness to Jacob, even though it's not explicitly written that Esau forgives Jacob, but his actions shows that he forgive him, right? From somebody who wanting, want to slay his own brother, to exact revenge on his brother, to Jacob, right? And to meet him, and to greet him like a long lost brother, right? And this Jacob, as we see, as we, if you know the story of Jacob, about how he deceived his father, how he forced Esau to sell his birthright, I don't think anybody would think that he deserve forgiveness, right? Esau had every right to not forgive him. But instead, we can see here that Esau actually forgave his own brother, right? And this is what it means to forgive one another, right? You see that in, after this forgiveness, uh, Jacob will most likely not feel so stressed, right? You see, before the meetup with Esau, very stressed. Now Esau has forgiven him. Jacob now feel at ease. We see that forgiving one another helps to put one another at ease, right? To no, to feel, to no longer feel angry at an offense. See, Paul in the writing to the church at Ephesians wrote. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake forgive you. Right? But it's not that you cannot be angry. I'm not saying that you cannot be angry, but when somebody forgives you, it is okay to be angry. When somebody offends you, sorry, it's okay to be angry, but you know, you are not to stay angry. I think we see this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. It says that, Be angry and see not, let the sun, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Right? We see in this case of Jacob and Esau, you know, I would say this is a pretty good story of forgiveness but I think it's not very unclear we don't know whether the brothers actually you know after the after the uh, meeting did they actually reconcile with each other I think further on in the text right, you can see that uh, we can see at, at, at the end of the meeting both brothers went their separate ways right even Esau offered to give Jacob some of his men to ensure his safety, uh, ensure his safety. But Jacob still refused. Ah. So it is not very clear whether the two brothers actually reconciled with each other, right? So the offense is forgiven, but were the two of them really reconciled with one another through forgiveness? Well, it's unclear. Lah. So forgiveness does not only act, include the act of forgiving the offense, but it's also forgiving 
but it's also uh to forgive the offender offender uh to be reconciled to him, right? We have to fix our relationships, right? To stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense or flaw of a mistake. Right? We talk about how forgiveness is to fix our relationship. So we now look to Jacob's son, uh, Jacob's son, Joseph and his brothers. We look to this uh his story about how uh he reconciled he forgave his brothers and he reconciled with them. Right? Of course, first we need to know what did the brothers do to Joseph. Lah, right? So we see his offense. You see in Genesis chapter 37, right? The brothers hated him uh, due to favoritism of his father, hated him for how uh, Joseph liked to tell his dreams and to talk to his brothers, and also end up they conspired to kill Joseph, right? To kill Joseph, but instead sold him away to Egypt as a slave. Right? I think we see the the offense here we can see in Genesis chapter thirty seven verse twenty. Now come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into the pit. And we will say some evil beasts have devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Right? The brothers hated him, right? At that at that moment in time. And they planned to kill him, right? So after that many things happens to Joseph in Egypt while he uh many happens many things happens to Joseph while he was in Egypt. But the, at the end of the story they met again and when Jacob, their father, passed away, right? The brothers started to fear Jacob, right? And they asked forgiveness from Jacob. I think we can take a look at the account huh? in Genesis chapter 50. Take a look at the account in Genesis chapter 50, starting from verse 15. Verse 15 And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph, will peradventure hate us and will certainly quite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent the messenger to Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So that so shall he say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, and the trespasses of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of God, of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And the brethren also went and fell down before their face and said, Behold, we be thy servants. We see here that the brothers afraid, right? That's how we know you offend somebody, you'll be afraid. You're at, you're at unease, right? So they go to Joseph and ask, for forgiveness. They beg for him for forgiveness, right? Right? Then but then following that we see in the next uh few verses we see the reconcile uh, the reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. We see continuing on in verse nineteen. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. 
but God meant it for good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones, and be comforted. And he comforted them and spake kindly to them. Right, we see here that unlike his father Jacob, right, Jacob and Esau, right, who did not reconcile with his brother, right, uh, Joseph, here in this case in Genesis chapter 50, he reconciled with his brothers and spoke kindly to them and comforted them and eventually they stayed together in Egypt until Joseph died. Right? To forgive is to forget one's offenses done towards you and to reconcile with that person. Right? To restore or to fix the broken friendship. Right? To fix it back to how it was before, to this friendly relationship with the other party. Right? That's what it means to be reconciled to one another. In the book of Proverbs it reads, He that covers a transgression seeketh love. But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Right? When you forgive someone, you have to reconcile with that person. Right? To forgive is to seek love. And this is what we need to do in our relationship with others as Christians. Right? Therefore, we are to forgive one another and to love one another. And of course, we need to take a look at the next point that to forgive one another is a command. Right? It's a command. Jesus has said multiple times in the gospel records that we have to forgive one another. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. Uh, for if ye forgive their men, uh, sorry, <clears throat> for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither your father forgive your trespasses. Right? And the next point he said in Luke chapter 17, verse 3 to 4, Take heed for yourself, if thy brother trespass against thee, and rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespasses against thee seven times in a day, and in seven times a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent. Thou shalt forgive him. Now from this account, we can see that Jesus does commands his followers to forgive one another. But we see specifically in Luke chapter 17 verse 3 to 4, he say that it's not one time, not two times, but seven times, you know, seven times, right? Even saying that if the brother trespasses against you, that you should rebuke him, right? To and to forgive him up to seven times in a day. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think somebody can be offended seven times in a day. Right? <laughs> if, you, if you do get offended seven times in a day, I think it's time to rethink, rethink about your perspective in life. But what does this mean? But does this mean that we are to limit our own... Uh, it has a limit to our forgiveness towards others. I will keep count. Maybe Alvin uh, offend me seven times a day. No more. Right? No, right? We are not supposed to keep count. Even, even so, right? Apostle Peter, right? In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22, he asked the same question, right? 
we see in Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 21, Then Peter said unto him, said, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Until seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but seventy times seven. Right? Peter already knows that he has to forgive one another, and he asks the question, how many times? So this is seven times, right? Forgiving somebody, maybe in a day, for the same problem, for like maybe three times, uh, made the same mistake three times, uh, I think for some of us, it's quite hard, right? But seven? Also, maybe seven doable, right? Sometimes, some people is very forgiving. But Jesus said, there is not seven times, but seventy times seven. And that's four hundred and ninety times. Right? Man, imagine keeping count for four hundred and ninety times. I think I count up to ten and then I forget I lost count already. Uh. I count up to ten. I forgot how to count. <laughs> so how can I keep count up to four hundred and ninety times? Right? I think the stress, even just to keep count, right? The stress to keep count for 490 times is worse, right? Because you need to keep on remembering, hey, this one how many times already? This one how many times already? Right? And it's each person. I think the stress are not very worth it, right? So, is the stress is worse than just forgiving the offense, you know? Just don't let the offenses live in your head rent free just forgive and forget and this way it is much easier than keeping track 490 times right and this is what jesus is saying we have to forgive each other as many times as possible there is no limit to our forgiveness right of course we have to forgive in line of with the condition as that if the man repents right and we'll forgive him, as Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verse 3 to 4. So, now we talk about the why, we need to go through the how. Right? How do we forgive one another? First of all, we have three T's. Right? Three T's. True love, to turn the other cheek, and to take the first step. Right? As mentioned earlier, I like to think that forgiveness is love in action. Right, we see in the chapter of charity, first chapter, first uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse five. Right, love does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not its own, and is not easily provoked, thinking, thinketh no evil. We are to love one another as Christ has loved us, as we read earlier, and this is how we prove ourselves as Christians. If we embody the love that Christ has shown to us, we are able to forgive one another. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says that, and if we, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, and we have known and believed that the Lord, eh, sorry, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. And further down, in uh, the same chapter, in First John chapter 4, verse 18-20, to 20, There is no fear in love, 
But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear have torment. If he that feareth is not made perfect in love, we love him because he first loved us. And if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love the God whom he hath not seen? We are to love one another as Christ has loved us, and forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. And that was what we started our lesson with. So if we do not love our brother, how can we forgive them, right? If we do not love the brother, we will not love the we will not forgive the brother. Hence, we are to act, right? Act with love for one another. And as earlier we said in Corinthians chapter three, verse uh, twelve to thirteen, that we are to forgive one another, right? Next, we talk about we have to turn the other cheek, you know? What if we forgive the other person, right? And we forgive the other person once, but the person, you know, shows no sign of repentance, right? We are to turn the other cheek. To take revenge is not ours. It's not for us to decide. So we are to forgive others. We see in the stories in both Jacob and Joseph, we see that the offended, right? The offended, both uh, Esau and Joseph, they forgive the offender, right? And they did not exact revenge on them. Of course, we see that in both stories that the offended have every right to punish the offender, but they didn't. And this term, to turn the other cheek, can be found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 39. We see in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, Ye have heard that it has been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, you turn to him the other also. In Paul writing to the Romans, right, he has wrote in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 17 to 21, I think we take a look at verse 19. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Right? And later on in verse 31, it says that be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Right? We are not to avenge ourselves, right? You leave that to God. And all we need to do is to overcome evil with good and to forgive one another, and we are good to go. Right? And of course, the last way of how to forgive one another is to take the first step. Right? Whether, uh, you know, what if you're the offender and you want to seek forgiveness from somebody? Right? Or maybe you're the person who was offended and you're just waiting for the offender to apologize to you. Then you'll be stuck in a loop. Ah, right? Nobody wants to talk to each other. Nobody wants to forgive each other. Then you'll be in this limbo of people being like angry at each other. Either side has to take the first step to forgive. Or maybe to ask for forgiveness for it to happen, right? Remember to forgive, we, we understand the word, to forgive is a verb, it's an act. And if nobody acts, right, there is no forgiveness. We see in Matthew chapter 18 verse 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. 
and if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. In James chapter 5 verse 16, he says that, Confess your faults to one another, pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effection, effector, pray, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We see in Luke chapter 6 verse 33, Jesus has said, Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. And of course, Jesus has given us the golden rule in Luke chapter 6 verse 31. As ye would do that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. We are to work, right? Or, or to act, right? Act to try our best to reconcile with one another if somebody has offended you. To forgive, we have to reconcile, right? So, it, the act of reconciliation is actually not on a single party, but both parties need to come to an agreement, right? To forgive is to reconcile with one another and both parties need to work together for it. So we look to a story about this small little tax collector called Zacchaeus, right? In Zacchaeus, we see in Luke chapter 19 verse 1 to 10, we uh, don't have time to go through the whole story, but we take a look at uh, how when Jesus came to his place, Zacchaeus decided to do something quite impressive, right? He decided to bear the consequences of his actions, right? Of his past actions and reconcile to the people he offended. I think we take a look at chapter 19 verse 8, right? He said that he will restore fourfold to the people that he had taxed, through, uh, taxed more through false accusation, right? Though the Bible did not record if these things uh, did happen, but we can trust that, you know, as trust Jesus, right? Later on in the verse, we see in verse 9, this day is salvation come unto this house, right? This declaration that Jesus has confirmed that most likely Zacchaeus did all these things, right? We see that Zacchaeus, he did the first step in seeking to reconcile with the others and by that, he also seek reconciliation with God. Now we'll take a look at the, of, uh, the example of forgiveness, right? When we think about an example uh, from what the verses we have read, right? To forgive others as Christ has forgiven, for, forgive you, right? So, of course, who else we look to besides the Christ uh, as an example, right? We are to forgive others as how he has forgiven us, right? We take a look at the greatest example and see what we can learn from him. So, first, we need to see what offenses has he received, uh, right? First, we take a look using the temple as a place of merchandise. In John chapter 2, verse 30 to 22, we remember, if you read the verse and remember the story, Jesus was very angry, right? And he overturned the tables. In Next, we see Judas betraying him for 30 pieces of silver, right? You see in, uh, John chapter 18, verse 1 to 5. I think we can see this in all the gospel accounts. Peter denying him three times, right? Somebody who is close to Jesus decides to deny him saying that I do not know this man, right? And not once, but three times. And of course, there are many other false accusations, like how he cast out the devils through the name of Beelzebub, or not keeping the Sabbath. Or, and of course, during his trial, he was mocked and he was scourged, right? During his unjust trial, even though he did nothing wrong. And of course, he was crucified on the cross at the end of his story. 
And even after all this, we see what Jesus has said in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? Here we can see how Jesus, through all his suffering and sorrow that was inflicted by the people that was supposed to seek and save, right? And he decided to forgive them all. You know, Jesus is the Son of God. And what he could have done is that he could have called 12 legions of angels, right? We sing the hymn. He could have called 10,000 angels, but it's actually 12 legions of angels. You see this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 53. But he didn't. He turned the other cheek. So why did he choose to die on the cross, right? He died. It's because he died for mankind's transgressions and offenses, right? To towards God. Mankind's transgressions transgressions to God, right? Jesus took the first step, right, in reconciliation through his death on the cross. You see, we read in John chapter uh, 3 verse 16, right? John three sixteen to 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish and have an everlasting life. But verse 17, we see, also see that for God sent not his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, right? But saved, saved from what, right? We talk about saving. Through love, he came on this earth to save us. Saved from what? Saved from the eternal punishment in hell, right? Romans chapter 6, verse 23 is talking about the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Right? Through Christ's blood, we have our opportunity for our sins to be forgiven. We see this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. We, verse 14, in whom, right, whom, referring to Jesus, have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in whom we have, uh, in whom, referring to Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And this forgiveness is not just uh, not just forgiveness, but actually a full reconciliation with God, right? The Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 to 12, starting from verse 10, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man... After he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. We see in the Old Testament that the priests had to do burnt sacrifices over and over again for forgiveness of their sins. And this burnt sacrifice is, we see in uh, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12, is that, uh, For I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. However, now we are in the New Testament and Jesus is the one sacrifice, right? right? After Jesus' death, we are under the New Testament and Jesus Christ is the one sacrifice for our sins forever by whom our sins and iniquities will be remembered no more. Right? So then, how do we obtain this forgiveness, right? How do we obtain this forgiveness? Uh, you see, in, we know in Romans chapter 3, verse 
23, right? That all have sinned have come short of the glory of God. So how do we receive forgiveness for our sins, right? Remember that when we talk about reconciliation, we also have to take the step to work for it, right? So there is a condition to this forgiveness that Christ has offered to us. We see later after death, Jesus' uh, death, burial and resurrection in the book of Acts, uh, Peter taught the first servant on the day of Pentecost to the multitude, right? The multitude at that time were pricked in their heart, who were feeling guilty, right, to cruci- of crucifying Jesus. And this is what Peter said, lah, Acts chapter 2 verse 38, And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are to repent and be baptized, to follow the steps of salvation, right? Peter once again re- reiterate this point in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 to 22, right? We take a look at uh, 1 chapter 3, verse 21. The light figure where unto even baptism doth now save us, not by putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God, right? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The important part of baptism is that we have a good conscience towards God, right? So after being baptized, then what? We are all forgiven, right? Should we continue in sin? Of course not, we should not continue in sin. Romans chapter 6, verse uh, 1 to 6, right? We talk about how baptism is like... uh, Knowing not that many of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death, right? And we just read the whole verse, uh, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live no longer therein? Knowing not that many of us as were baptized into Christ's death were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried by him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, and the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not continue in our sins even though after we are forgiven through baptism, which reconciled us to God. Through this example, we see that Jesus has provided us with, we see that through love, He he was sent to earth to seek and save the lost. And He has turned the other cheek and that He obediently died on the cross and has taken the first step to be the mediator, reconciling us to God. You see, this uh, mediator is uh, how Jesus is our mediator in First Timothy chapter two, verse five to six. Now, before we conclude, uh, we go through a short parable. But I think you uh, don't have a lot of time, so I'll do a very fast summary, lah. So, we talk about this unforgiving servant, Matthew chapter eighteen, right? The parable starts from verse twenty-three, but I'll give you a short. Summary. So there was a king and his servant, he owed him 
10,000 talents, and the servant begged for forgiveness, and the king pardoned his debt, right? Then this same servant, who has his debt pardoned, he went out and go to his co-worker and say, hey, you owe me 10, you owe me how much? 100 pence, right? However, the co-worker was unable to pay back and was put in jail for it. So when the king heard about this, right, heard about what his servant done, who he have forgiven this 10,000 talents, a huge sum of money, uh, and he caught wind of this and he punished the servant. The reason being is that he has not done what the king has showed to him. The compassion that the king has showed to this servant, right? The servant did not show uh, show this compassion towards his fellow co-worker, right? It's a very simple and easy story, right? And God have forgiven all of your sins and has pardoned you from punishment right but if you do not forgive your brother for just a small offense right you'll be punished severely and that is what the parable is trying to say this is the importance of forgiving one another now brethren if any of you have if any man have caused you to be offended, right? Let us remember that we are to love each other. True love, we are to forgive one another, right? We have to take the first step in reconciliation with our fellow brothers, right? And we are to turn the other cheek and to forgive one another, right? Let us feel at ease. Let us fix our relationship with one another by following the commandments of God. And to our friends and visitors, right? Today you have heard the story, a story of forgiveness from our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Christ has taken the first step and He's willing to help you reconcile yourself with God. And all you need to do is to take the next step. Yeah? You heard the gospel, right? Now you need to believe in Christ. Repent of your sins. Confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and then be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Right? And after that, we have to start walking in the newness of life and we are reconciled with God. Okay. Thank you for your attention. Amid the trials which I meet, Amid the thorns which pierce my feet, one thought remains supremely sweet. Thou thinkest, Lord, of me. Thou thinkest, Lord, of me. Thou thinkest, Lord, of me. What need I fear when thou art near? And thinkest, Lord, of me. The cares of life come thronging fast upon my soul. Their shadow cast, their gloom reminds my heart at last. Thou thinkest, Lord, of me. Thou thinkest, Lord.
Lord of me. 